0: Good morning. Good morning. Good day. Good evening. Cheers. Now, no, don't worry, everyone. The, the lo- Life has not gone wrong. I am not drinking at 8.35 <laughs> in the morning. I've had a very long day. We're pre-recording this because, oh my God, we've got a busy day tomorrow. I'm off to the big smoke. But first, let me introduce my lovely, lovely co-host, Martin. How are you? Hello,
1: Griff. I'm very good. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to House of Property. It's lovely to see you. Um, how has your week been? It's actually hump day, isn't it, today? Wednesday where yeah. it's rather than Thursday, live at 8.35 on a Thursday morning. Um, so how is your week going? What's going on?
0: Well, I keep thinking it's Friday for some reason, and uh, I don't know
1: why. <laughs> Hence the wine weekend. in your hand.
0: I know. Well, we've had sort of a good week, uh, obviously really halfway through the week. And I was just handed before I went live a glass of something fizzy from one of my colleagues. So thank you, Michelle. Um, But those of you that are listening um, in the morning at 8.35, I don't normally drink at 8.35. This is pre-recorded the night before. So apologies for that. So we're going to kick straight off because (laughs) I've heard a little, a little rumour, a little bird, let me know, Martin, that you're pretty good, but... Uh, doing your presentations etc but sometimes there's a few faux pas that come out <laughs> isn't it and i've heard a bit of a huge huge issue a bit of a blooper really isn't it so you want to just tell our listeners what's happened to you in the last week because it's a good
1: one <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about being a, a boy scout i didn't necessarily get prepared so i was at a conference in norwich lots of great estate agents from norfolk in norwich and I was given the graveyard shift, I was in a motivational speak. I was put, speech, I was put on after lunch, graveyard um, shift, and I went in high energy, punchy, lots of bouncing around the stage, up and down the room, trying to G people back up so they don't fall asleep. And I was talking about how, and you'll agree with this, there's a lot of change, there's been a lot of change, certainly since the pandemic, there's been a lot of change, but also, you've had a very illustrious 35, 40 year career and you and you've seen you've seen a lot of change in each of those decades you've been working haven't you know every couple of years there's change things keep developing all of the time and we were talking about change and we were talking about actually harnessing that change and starting a revolution in your own career your own community your own business and pushing it forward and there's no such thing as the new norm, I hate that phase. the new norm. And I stood there in the centre of the stage with my hands out, I hate that phase. the new norm. It should be banned. There's no such thing as the new norm. Let's move on from that phase. the new norm. And then carried on, did my presentation and the audience were very generous, Give me a round of applause at the mm. end. And the compare jumps to his feet. Um, and actually, he's a bit slow, so he slowly jumps to his feet <laughs> and um, says, I've spent, thank you, Martin. I've spent a number of years of my career apologizing on behalf of Martin Bourne. And today is no exception because I'd like to introduce the next speaker whose presentation is called The New Norm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, my thoughts are if you're going to make a faux go big, go loud. And you did that, you smashed it out of the park, Martin. I love it.
1: <laughs> so it felt like it was something out of a Richard Curtis movie, it was like, oh no, Didn't but I. there we go. Um, all fun. It was good fun and it was lovely to be back in the room, socially distanced um, with a load of estate agents, networking and um, doing a proper presentation.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. So anything else to report apart from Pars? how's the market doing?
1: Market. So I, you know, we'd say, don't we, the sizzle has left the sausage. Uh, potentially. Um, it's a good housing market, but it's just, it's cool. So this is actually now where estate agents make their money, right? So selling a house or falling off a log. Some areas of the country are still like that. They're still... Um, demand outstripping supply i know that you sit in one of those markets at the moment but it's not necessarily replicated throughout the country so now as things are starting to cool and we're starting to think about making sure that we get the best price for our clients that we're getting um with many buyers interested that we've become deal makers not order takers possibly our favorite phase on this show yeah. um the um getting the best price goes little tricks. We were talking to the negotiators today and I was saying, you know, if you've agreed an offer at 350,000 with the vendors, the vendors said they'd accept 350,000, no harm to go back to the purchaser and say, I'm almost there, but if you give me an extra thousand pounds, I think we will probably seal the deal. And you go back and say to your vendor, I've got you three, five, one. Um, holy smoke, you're gonna get a five star review off the back of that. So talking those sorts of conversations ahead of making sure that we don't upset people with best and final offers and things like that. So it's still healthy, it's still good. Things are selling well. There's still a shortage of inventory. So demand is outstripping supply in lots of places. Or at least meeting supply, um, but there's a bit more estate agency work to do, and I like this market. This is yeah. this is how I enjoy it.
0: And so, can I and just ask a
1: question? And can
0: I just ask a question? Are you finding that you're quoting guide prices, or are you going offers in excess of, or are you having offers under asking prices? Where is it sitting at the moment?
1: Well, there's two sides to this, isn't there? There's what is actually the pricing that you're going to the market at to attract interest. There's also that transparency issue, you know pricing offers over what does that actually mean or guide price between x and y what does that actually mean or price and application what does that actually mean um and i know that james monroe at um trading standards and asking these sorts of questions about how we are describing prices in the market that we've got at the moment that actually a price is a price and people are either off or beneath or above depending on what the market conditions are um, and i suppose we're trying to follow that mantra in lots of ways that we're going with a strong asking price that is at a level realistic enough to get people interested but to achieve the best possible price for the clients and then Defending that by trying to get as many interested parties If we go over it. Fabulous. That is excellent. And there's no harm in using some of those tactics like 10p in the pound of everything over as a performance related fee. But to prove that you're trying to get over that, but a strong asking price and then get into it is where we're at.
0: But, but, but the question, because that was a good politician's answer, Martin. Uh, <laughs> the question was Are you crazy? So, say you quote a guide price of 425. Are you finding that your buyers the applicants are coming in at 45 or are they coming in at 395 or are they coming in at 435 where they're are coming coming back, They're
1: coming back in at 395 where we were oh, at 425 yeah they were come, they're now coming in low and we're now getting them back up where okay. as 6 months ago we were at that price or above
0: Okay cuz we're still in the southwest at that market where we're going we're wanting in excess of 425 and we're getting offers at 45 to 450 so that, Where are that
1: you, your buyers coming from? Are they local buyers or are they foreign mixed, buyers? And when I say mixed. foreign, I mean out of the area coming in.
0: So not foreign, no. <laughs> I,
1: meant, I meant out of the county coming in, not anywhere else. Out of else. the
0: county. Uh, no, there's a mix, probably 60-40 split, 60 local, 40 from out of the area, Yeah. That's so, true. but we aren't at that prop at that, that situation where we're quoting forty five and getting offers at three nine five. We're not there yet, and it's just interesting to know where the tone sits up and down the country. And um, we've talked about this before that we listed a property, I think, at three seven five, and we had a lady coming off for us three six five, and we were all quite shocked because we've not experienced that for a very long time. It's always been at that guide price or in excess of. So it's yes. just going to be interesting to see where that tone goes, isn't it, and where that. I suppose, I don't want to say inflated price because I was having a conversation with a buyer today and they were saying, well, do you know what? Pre-COVID, this would probably be 4.75. You know, we're in this situation now, in this market, it's 5.25 and that's what I've got to pay if I want to, to get it. So that it's an interesting you know, conversation to be had and it was just kind of trying to work out from the coalface where we're at, whether we're, we're, we've still got that element of bubble and sizzle, as you said, the sizzle on the sausage, because we're still finding that.
1: So now more than ever, well, not now more than ever, because we've said this when the market was growing. Remember back at the turn of the year, we talked about how if you're listing properties, and lots of agents missed this out, if you're listing properties, you now need to understand the demand more than ever before. You've got it close to, if you've got a setup where you've got negotiators dealing with, Incoming calls and arranging viewings and negotiating offers progress in sales, but not listing properties and your job is solely to list a property. You need to understand the demand as well as the comparable evidence around you, because the market yeah. is changing and that could be going up or coming down in the turn of the year, we were talking about it going up. You know, you said back in January, is this as good as it gets? Well, we agreed it was, but actually it got better. Um, But now it feels a little bit like we did in January, but not that growth momentum, but that solid housing market.
0: But that is down to stock, that's down to supply, because there are still the buyers, there's still the applicants out there, there's still the potential tenants out there. There just isn't the the stock to facilitate that demand or, or meet that demand, is there?
1: no not in any way shape or form no it's still very much the lack of inventory coming to the market and i know that some london agents have been quoting that they've got no properties available And so Mm -hmm. it's really tricky because there's just that lack of properties coming to the market. And you know, if the pie starts to shrink, sometimes the table manners have to change. That doesn't need to be ethically changed, but you've got to get sharper. You've got to be more proactive. You've got to be motivating people. There's this kind of severe desire in the market. But I had a valuers meeting this morning with 10 valuers and the valuer came up with a perler. I thought it was great. There's desire to transact, but there's not necessarily motivation to transact, and people want, they have the desire to move, but yeah. are apprehensive because they don't know, they can't find something to buy. And trying to convince somebody that once you're on the market, then new doors will open because estate agents start to take you seriously. Because quite frankly, there are houses that sell that, especially at the moment, where perhaps it's discrete marketing or low-key marketing, where estate agents are doing their job by selling the property for the client on the client's instructions but to people that they know not by relying on portals and 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 pro and, and standard marketing so yeah. trying to convince potential vendors that they are going to have to have a leap of faith bit like standing at the side of the swimming pool isn't it they're all enjoying themselves in the deep end and you need to shove them in sometimes to be able to get in there and splash about but that's really tricky and that's probably certainly when i went around the room today i asked what's the biggest challenge it wasn't just stock it was actually turning desire into motivation
0: yeah so i'm starting to have a conversation with clients now um that we're trying to be market makers obviously but they're sort of saying well do you know what is it a good time to launch in in, on boxing day is it a good time to launch at the beginning of of 2022 or actually do you know what it's going to be easter next year but let's talk in february march to get the photos done then there's a lot lot more longevity kind of thing it's it's they're making more decisions and pushing it out i think at the moment that's what i'm finding which is a lack of stock currently yeah
1: percent. But then again, you've got to try those people that are waiting till next year. How do we pull their decision yeah. forward? You know, the market good as it is at the moment. What's it going to be like in six months time? We don't know. Six months ago, it's very difficult. We look at nations and countries around the world that have a similar sort of economic outlook to ourselves. The likes of Canada, the likes of Germany, France, maybe Australia, New Zealand. New Zealand were talking, I don't know if they had, but they were talking about putting their interest rates up last week. Mm. Um, there is some economists out there that are perhaps predicting a slight rise in interest rates. I don't think that banks, are necessarily respond, lenders are responding in that way, because five-year deals for many, many deals out there are not too much more expensive for a five-year deal compared to a two-year deal. And I was talking to um, Ollie Dack of the Mortgage Advice Bureau this week, and he was saying that it's still 50-50 of people taking two-year deals and five-year deals. So um, people have still wanting to move some people locking themselves in but they're affordable deals out there um, yeah. but if the interest rates were to rise that would necessarily be a bad thing would it because that would disturb the market and make people move
0: well it would disturb the market it would make people move but i'm finding i've been doing this not 45 years thank you but in almost 30 years that i've been doing this i've never known so many people with cash and that are able no. to transact with, with cash, and I, I do I always go. Where do these people get this money from? Obviously, don't don't panic, everybody. HMRC, James Monroe. We do all our money laundering, our AML checks. Don't <laughs> worry. Um, but it's just it's interesting times, and I think that really is on our business goals. We've got to push that to the front and be the market maker. And how you go about um, getting those buyers, um, kind of like we will we will have something for you. Stay with us, you know, our VIP buyers. And those sellers and landlords, do you know, we've got the buyers, so we can get you on the market. Why wait till next year when the interest rates are potentially going to go up? This is as good as it gets. And it's that conversation we've got to have again, isn't it?
1: Blooming love this market. Blooming love this market. But I saw an article this week that said the whole world has a shortage in everything. And it kind of feels like it, doesn't it? You know, I went to try and get some wrapping paper for birthdays last week. There's very little choice in Tesco's yeah. um, other supermarkets are available. Shop um, local,
0: shop local, Martin. Shop
1: local, yes, shop local. Um, and there seems to be a shortage of everything. And we find that, are not we, with just our inventory? You know, there's a shortage. of We've got petrol now, but otherwise there's a shortage of everything. Petrol.
0: But there isn't a shortage of things to do on my to-do list. Oh. Is, do we need to ditch the list? Do we ditch it or do we dish it? Hmm. What do dish I mean Dish
1: Dish Go on then. Tell me what dish means.
0: It's back to that acronym. I love this. Does it sell houses? So that's me trying to teach my children. Da, da, da. So do dish. we ditch it or does it sell houses? So does it need to go on your to-do list? And again, I know we've talked about this and I kind of like, I love my handwritten to-do list. I know you like to do it digitally, but I think we've just got to look, we've all got a lot going on. We shouldn't feel guilty about this. We've got all stop feeling guilty. But actually, do those things need to be on our list? Does it really need to be there? That's the first ditch, thing. That's not ditch,
1: my- ditch or dish, I love this. Ooh. That's the title of this show. This episode is called Dish or Ditch, I love it.
0: So will your business, <laughs> will your day fall over if you don't do that thing? Does it sell houses? Have you put something on your to-do list because you've listened to a webinar or perhaps gone and seen Martin talking about it's not the new normal um, on his presentation? Yeah. You know, did you write it enthusiastically after you watched the webinar Oh, i must do that but actually does it really need to be there this is i'm just trying to get people focused again yeah did if, you watch if it this was, if, if it was out of my
1: presentation it needs to be there darling don't you worry that was good value but i get the point isn't it you know we get we oh. get swamped up and just i'll put it on the list it's almost by putting it on the list you kind of then park it rather than actually having it there as a um, as something to do. And I think this time of the year, within any business that certainly follows the patterns of ours, especially that this year we're seeing more of that seasonal trend of a spring peak, slightly quieter summer, autumn peak. Traditionally, we then see things start to quieten down as the nights draw in, the market starts to quieten down. We have these things on our job to do this. That's a yeah. December job. That's a December job. That and you get to December the 15th, and that December list seems to be very long. And you've then got 10 days to Christmas, and you well, you're down in the pub with the solicitors, but the uh, but you got to do Christmas shopping and things like that. so totally. I mean, so, so therefore, well, they'll be busy catching up on the transactions they have not been able to do. Um, the uh, I'll wait for Rob Helson to throw sh- bullets at me now. Um, the um, the but that's the point, isn't it? Jobs to do this could become intimidating, yeah. And there's a feeling of guilt, and there's a feeling of failure if you haven't got. To your job to-do list in, um, in an appropriate way. So just be careful what you put on that to-do, yeah. to-do list. Yeah, I like to schedule rather than to-do list. I know you like to yeah. double cross out and double tick and all this, but schedule time, make sure it's there and then work the way through your days, but then they make them very busy for you as well. But oh. yes, ditch or dish, I like it. Mm.
0: So on that theme uh, again, I- I'm going to say yes or no, squid games. <sighs>
1: This is the Netflix thing, isn't it? I've not seen it, so it's a no. And I hear it's horrific. A, you Um, have to read it. I mean, if you want to read a programme, I'll read a book. But you have to read it, don't you? No. subtitles, South Korea.
0: Let me tell you. Okay, this it's a bit embarrassing, actually, because I've quite enjoyed it. I feel a bit more kind of intelligent, yeah. Um, Well, I know it's hard (sighs) to. hard to shut up. I know it's hard to think that. You're laughing. i th- more intelligent, like watching a programme with subtitles. So they're all talking in Korean. I'm watching the subtitles and I've got to episode seven. And last night, my son goes, you know, you can you can watch it in English. And I'm going, what do you mean? And if you change the settings on your telly, and I had no idea, yeah, that actually you can turn the subtitles off and you can change the, the sound to an American English person talking. And it's all a bit dubbed and a bit out of sync but it ruins that ruined, ruined it for me last night because i'm used to it hearing it and then si- anyway you can do that I, I'm well, people
1: sure die if, if people play games don't they and they die if they don't with.
0: Do, but it's all about relationships and team building. Although I've never been to a team building session where oh, half of the team are shot, <laughs> yeah. but I do watch it from behind a cushion on the sofa, and it is it is quite shocking and graphic, and it's a cross between I would have said like Hunger Games and Game of Thrones, and yeah. I would, but in a different language until my son changed it. That's um, I quite like it. It's quite there's something about it that makes you want to binge it and go, come on, let's do, let's watch the next one. I like it. You've got to watch it.
1: You've got to watch okay, it. I'll watch it. I think I first Strictly and Great British Bake Off and Repair Shop. But you know, No one gets where,
0: shot on those,
1: do they? <laughs> no one gets shot on those. No one gets shot on those. But on terms of just talking about things that I've also done this week where recreational activities transform into business thinking at the same time mm. is, um, and you'll like this, I am reading a book called The Joy of Small Things.
0: <laughs> now, why does that not surprise me, Martin? <laughs> I wonder what you're going to say because there's a number of other books called Joys of, isn't
1: there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm of the Joy of Small Things by um, Hannah Jane Parkinson. Um, and what Hannah it's Jane talks you, about, <laughs> this is just in The Joy of Small Things, is it is a list of Small things in life that you should enjoy and give us pleasure. The simple things. So, for example, a—I would call it a housecoat, but a dressing gown. So a nice, fluffy dressing gown. I'm just wondering like,
0: where we're going with this. It ha- yeah. <laughs> feels
1: like having a bath of marshmallows. So as a comfy dressing gown is something that's small and enjoyable. A passionate kiss, small. And enjoyable. So, going to a um, going to a play without an interval. On so your you just own.
0: said a bath of marshmallows. When have you ever had a bath? Of, have it, who's had a bath of marshmallows? <laughs> Stay obvious? with me on
1: this. Stay with <laughs> me on this. this. So the joy of small things—it's the little things sometimes that make you feel special. So one of the things that it talked about, she talks about Hannah Jane is look up. Because you see the clouds, you see the um, the artwork on the side of Victorian buildings, you see the detail on the top of the cathedral. By looking up, rather than looking down at your shoes that you're constantly seeing, or even worse, your telephone all the time as you become an obstacle on the pavement. Look up and appreciate what's there and stretch your back. Just little things that make a difference. And this reminded me of Adrian Webster, because he talks about... Um, tiny noticeable things within business and it's the little things that count it's the little things that offer remarkable customer service that makes you memorable that makes you the celebrity agent that makes you tweetable that somebody wants to give you a five-star review it's not always the big grand gestures is it it's not the the rolls-royce pulling up with a driver to take you for a meal at the ivy sometimes it's just taking it going to the fish and chip shop on the corner. It's the small, tiny things. And so the joy of small things is a recommendation I suggest you read because I'm currently reading a small thing a day and it's very good to be able to see that. And I can see in business how that makes a big transition into it as well. So I think the joy of small things, Hannah Jane Parkinson, well worth looking at. And also Adrian Webster when he talks about tiny, noticeable things as well.
0: I like that. And sometimes it is just about taking that breather, isn't it? And realising that... Different things happen in your life. I've I've had some sad news this week, for instance, and I know that I mentioned it to you that uh, I've lost a friend who was very, very young, um, very out of the blue. And it does make you just stop and think about what's important to you and what you, you don't know what's around the corner. Although I'm quite looking forward to having a bath of marshmallows at some point.
1: You see, you just take every day to the little small things. So yeah, Marshmallows. Um and that also, and I know you've been doing some research in this in terms mm. of sit. Yeah,
0: yeah. So for those of you, sit. Yeah. those of you that don't know, sit stands for stress indicator tool. And you might go, what is this tool all about? And that's not Martin you're talking about. It's I'm talking about the stress indicator. <laughs> uh, so
1: shut the
0: obviously, the HSC department have come up with so health and safety um, sort of guidance, as it were. And I know that we've talked a lot previously about kind of mental health, stress, and and all of that. And not just for employees, for employers as well, because Mm. some of us haven't had a lot of time off. doesn't matter what business or industry you're in, we've all had a lot of pressure and a lot of uh, stress to deal with. So this stress indicator tool, it's on the hsc.gov.uk website. And basically, every employer has a legal duty to, and I'm just reading it down here, assess and protect employees from work related stress under the management of health and safety regulations 1999. And like I said, it doesn't matter what business you're in, doesn't matter whether you're at the top of the tree, or, or you're at the starting out at the bottom, or somewhere in between, we all have a bit of stress every day. And it might be something that annoys you, it might be, it might be something in the workplace, that's very difficult to deal with. But there is, you know, this stress indicator tool. You can go online. Um, if you've got fifty or less employees, then it's a free offering that the government have put together, and it's a really hidden thing. And I think it's really good. I know Martin, when we talked about it, you haven't heard about it, um, but basically, it's it's out there, um, an intuitive system that is designed to kind of reduce admin time um, and help with kind of online webinars and learning. And I'm just reading it out here, and it's there to kind of analyze your team help to create bespoke reports, Um, Basically, it doesn't matter where you are in terms of your role, your location, your department, anything like that, but it's there to kind of give you signposts and pointers to try and reduce stress in the workplace. Um, And it helps, obviously, with that mental health situation and, and, and what we're trying to do, but also on to that, that it helps reduce absence and helps staff, employees, colleagues, kind of flag up if there could be an issue. So there's some really good resources out there. And I'm going to put it in the comments section. But I I really liked it. And that's the SIT tool or the SIT resource, which I said is the stress indicator tool. And it's, yeah, hidden away. And it's actually a really good thing. And it just 30 minutes, listening to a webinar, looking at kind of pointers, what you can do, different sort of things you can put in place day to day, just to try and take that stress element away. And like Martin says, whether that's looking up at the sky, going away from your desk for five minutes, having a good laugh with your colleagues and having a joke, maybe listening to House of Properties jokes um, and, and just taking a bit of time, a downtime, just to understand what's really, really important because like we've said before, you just don't know what's around the corner. So check check that one out. It's a goodie.
1: That is good. I like that. And I imagine the amount of emails that you've got pinging through at the moment is quite stressful. Um, <laughs> but uh, isolation is the hardest part, isn't it? Feeling isolated. I think sometimes, especially, I know we have lots of team members that watch our podcast, which is brilliant. But for those of you that own the business, or for those of you that are growing into or contemplating opening in your own business, sometimes when it is your business, you feel a little bit isolated. There's not always somebody there at the side of you just to chat things through. And it's you that has to make those decisions. And that's quite lonely in its own way. and feels quite isolating. And tools like that are really, really important. But you're quite right, you know, I don't trust stairs, you know, I don't trust stairs. You know why I don't trust stairs, Grifter? Oh, God, why? They're always up to something. (laughs)
0: Do you know, that's actually quite good. If I was going to rate that, I would actually give that a 9 out of 10. That's like a double thumbs up. I like that. Excellent. That's good.
1: They're getting better. They're getting better. They They really are. are. There's only one
0: way to go, isn't there, though?
1: downstairs um
0: (laughs) the only way is up martin the only way
1: is up there's a song in there somewhere there's a song in there somewhere so grifter it's been fabulous to record our show today um and you
0: can't finish yet you haven't mentioned the one thing we talked about before that was on linkedin there was a cool post that you really liked and you were going to give someone a shout out
1: i was you're absolutely right i apologize caroline deep rose is a um, old friend of both you and I, I'm gonna say friend, she'd perhaps call us acquaintance, but I'm gonna say friend. And she did a fabulous post on LinkedIn this afternoon, which I really liked. And she's quite right in the fact that there's a lot of dialogue and conversation in the industry press at the moment about flexible working in this new fandangled um, hybrid way of working where people are maybe splitting their time from within the office and working from home. And Caroline, very skillfully and sensitively sums it up brilliantly that as a working mom, she's got a position where she can work part of the time working from home and her dogs going around causing mayhem and the children have come home from school. And she doesn't necessarily miss the waft of sales targets and links Africa deodorant flying through the um, through the office. Um, but also that there needs to be time within the office to be able to bond with people, to communicate with people, to be built part of a team, for younger people to be learning from older people or more experienced people. Um, so hats off, Caroline Devers. I think you've done a phenomenal job in summing up um, how things are good to have a bit of a in and out relationship with the office at this moment in time well it's not always possible though grifter that's the only thing i would say it's not Mm -hmm. always possible if you're an owner of a business Mm -hmm. um, and depending which position you're in it's not always possible but if you can make it work then i can see how that's a really good place to
0: be yeah and i i like the fact that caroline mentions and she's very empathetic in what she puts forward and that she signs it off by being that she's proud to being a decent person and i think that that you know, it's back to the stress. It's back to dealing with all the challenges that we've had. It's a big juggle, whether you're male, female or whatever you identify as, whether you've got children or not, pets. it's Everything is a challenge on a day to day basis. And we all have the same issues, just in different levels, really. But, yeah, we're all proud to be decent people. And it's a great postcard
1: love that what a lovely way to end our show thank you very much if you've enjoyed what we've been talking about today please don't be afraid to like and share it with your friends family work colleagues you can catch us up on youtube facebook um, and wherever you get your podcasts but more than anything for the next week please make sure that you're brilliant you're proactive and that much more than anything else that you are kind grifter i will see you next week